Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. It's been most our life in gangster's paradise. Top of the show, I gotta say rest in peace to Coolio. Coolio's from a childhood. Coolio was music at that time. Coolio was the one of the biggest. Everybody talks about Tupac and then later DMX and all, oh, obviously, right? Big Pun, obviously. Biggie, obviously. Jay-Z, obviously. You know, Coolio, I argue, he was just as big as the rest of them. He At the time, he was. it was hits after hits. His songs were always picked for music soundtracks. That's how big this dude was back in the days. And classic classic themes and then i frankly think what killed him his not him but the his uh, popularity is he snapped off on weird al yankovic when weird al did that amish paradise which i thought was crap but for whatever reason coolio went off he went he just went nuts he was not happy with it and he made a big fuss about it a big scene this is before social media so you didn't see any of this but it was a big it was a big thing back then he just went off, even though it's like a parody. And Weird Al parodied everybody. He was parodying every song he could. And there was other people to parody, but he, he was like at the top. And he's like, I don't know why Coolio's tripping. It's like, I parody everybody. It's just what I do. But Coolio felt so serious about Gangsta's Paradise. He felt like it was a, and it was, serious theme for the time. And he didn't appreciate this person, what he thought was ridiculing it when it wasn't. He was giving a tribute in his own way because he's a fan, was Weird Al. And that snap when coolio went off i think just killed his popularity killed his momentum i think it made it harder to book him for anything in the future because you didn't know it's okay well, somebody else gonna you gonna go off on somebody else for parenting this other thing and it's sad because again he's a, he was a talented brother an intelligent brother a deep brother it just he was our childhood you know he was at that time one of the biggest that was there one of those names and to hear that he he had a cardiac arrest, if you didn't know. But to hear he passed so suddenly, and he wasn't, you know, he's in his 50s. It wasn't like he was crazy old. But he seemed like he was in good health. I had actually just seen a video of him talking, and 
He seemed like he was in good health and good spirits. And he had said long ago, you know, I was stupid when I was younger and I got all upset about Amish Paradise. I was stupid. And he never got back to that thing. He, he was doing, he was trying to get back in the studio, trying to do some more music and he never came to a thing. So rest in peace to Coolio. Wanted to make sure I gave him a shout out on certainly here. And I'll definitely do uh, next week or uh, casual talk uh, and combat here tomorrow. But I want to do that here. As far as myself, um, the nothing's really changed. The second endeavor has not fired on all soldiers yet. Haven't heard yet from the third. I was told I should be required expecting a document here soon. Haven't seen it yet. So that was in a standstill. My number one client, the one I've always had since May. Um, that one's still in that weird situation, but I've got a, I'm making a lot of good progress and we're getting good feedback. And I think, I think they're starting to see the fruits of the labor. So money wise, I'm sitting okay, but I do want the second client to start paying me more. And I definitely want to see if the third client goes cause you know, you never have too much money, but I want to make sure I can get enough so I can get the heck out of Nevada. Cause I told the story about the stupid violation and I'm really livid about it. And I was trying to find somebody to deal with what they reported. Cause some of the stuff is like a removal of a bush. I need some, some hard labor there. Can't seem to find anybody who's willing to show up. So I've got an inquiry out to this other company here and I'm going to see if they're willing to come out tomorrow or whatnot. Take care of the one. I can take care of some of it myself. I have the tools, but the bush removal is kind of out of my league today. Cause I don't have like a tools to do it. So if I can't, then I got a letter. I got a nasty letter from the uh, property manager talking about, you know, if you don't do it, then, you know, we're going to pass this fee to you plus the cost to fix it and all that, whatever. So I just like to get it done, but depends, you know, if the company I find wants to charge me like $200, okay, I might as well let the property owner deal with it because it really is their, it's their property. It's not mine. That's why I wanted to get out of Nevada, by the way. Because of this stupidity, like, like Nazi behavior. That's what it is. It's Nazi garbage. I went and took a look. There's one weed that they're freaking about, and it goes over to the sidewalk maybe three inches, and they're squawking about this. And then they talked about debris. The debris goes out maybe four inches-ish. Okay, fine. I can blow it. But then they talk about the dead bushes. I looked. Problem is that side of the house, it doesn't get a lot of sun, but it's right next to a wall. And then when the heat goes really high up, it gets starved for water because we have a watering restriction. So then, yeah, the freaking bush is going to die because I can't water it like I want to. So I got this inquiry, this other guy, if he's willing to show up, I might give him the business to fix the uh, irrigation because I know what's wrong. It's just you're going to have to dig up parts to fix these, and then ideally we get better heads. I know what heads I want. I actually have them already. So if he's willing to do that and it's on the cheap, I'll just have him do that, and then I'll just water the lawn and say screw the, you know, the fine for the watering restrictions. But I need to get one that's willing to do the work the way I need it. So that's where I'm at with that. I can't stand Nevada. Anyway, let's go ahead and get some crypto, shall we? So right at the top, looking at our numbers here today, we've got a couple of things that I want to bring to attention. They're not really bad things, but things you should be aware of. Bitcoin is still wavering. It's right around the 19,500 mark. Ethereum has been waving pretty confident around the 1300 mark ish. It's not crapping anymore. It's, it's pretty wavering. Everything's kind of in a standstill. There's no real reason for it because if you look across the board at some of the other main tokens, like say XRP ripple, uh, it's wavering about the 50 cent market had a couple of pumps because of the wins with the sec recently. 
Uh, BNB is wavering at that same number because it's largely tied with Ethereum's price movement. Cardano has been wavering ever slightly. It's largely tied to Ethereum's price movement. And so we don't see a lot of disruption. We don't see a lot of movement. And that's actually a good thing. And I don't think people understand or appreciate that by and large, we're in a good spot. It's just that there's no upward. And that makes some people nervous, understandably so. My message to you, for anybody listening to Michelle here, I wouldn't be too concerned about the fact that things are not moving. I would be more worried if things were crapping down further than what we see. So that's the understanding is, are we going down? We're not going up, but are we going down, right? If we're not going down, I'm not worried about it. It's just, let's take some time, kind of figure out what's going on and and see what's going to happen going forward in the future. Today, my message from my opinion, and chances are, if you listen to YouTube folks, you're going to hear a bunch of people disagree with me on this next statement. I think we're in a fine spot. I think there's a lot of this waiting game. I still believe that the whole November blowout is what people really are wanting to see because they see a lot of damage by the current government. I believe this. I firmly believe that there's this waiting pattern. Like we're past the dump, like people dumping out of projects and just selling off out of skittish. It's now just kind of a waiting game. Anybody that's in it is in it. They're in it for the long haul. And you do see some whales buying into certain projects like Luna Classic, which I'll talk about here later. So I believe that it's a it's not a bullish sentiment overall. However, it's not the excessive bearish sentiment that we saw the moment Joe Biden took office. Can I draw a correlation between the two events? No. I am saying I find it very, very interesting that when that dude took his uh, took his stuff and got in the office, all of a sudden we saw stuff crap. I found that very, very interesting myself. For those in the United States, of course, the state of California has been wanting to lead the pack with just about everything from climate regulations to everything else. They're as Nazi as they get. They were the ones to originate this whole thing about rip out your lawn because it's too dang hot. Of course, not understanding that the less lawn you have, the hotter your atmosphere gets because the lawn's not able to help cool your atmosphere. They don't want to listen. Well, Gavin Newsom, who's the bona fide definition, bona fide definition of a Nazi, in my opinion, Recently, there was a crypto regulatory bill that was passed around California. And what they wanted to do was essentially make it to where it's okay to trade it and less regulatory scrutiny. Gavin Newsom went ahead and vetoed that. And and then California is still trying to go back to the drawing board. And what they want to do is they want to force this upon other states and say, we will be the leader. We will lead crypto regulation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not in the United States, this is the last thing that anybody should want. You do not want California leading anything. They're a bunch of idiots. We know this. We know that. And I'm going to talk to residents. Unfortunately, some of the residents, they're stuck in a, a Nazi state. That's what it is. You need to rip out your lawn. They're the ones that were trying to push to everything goes electric, even though nobody can afford it. Although in certain other cities, they actually have homeless campments underneath freeway bridges that they don't want to fix. Regardless, now that they, back in the 60s, right, when they were starting to do automobiles, they were one of the first to do the clean air emissions deal, which has subjected people to this sometimes annual, sometimes biannual, whatnot, smog review. All that was doing was to collect revenue for uh, the state. And so, of course, you must rush to electric, and that's going to kill jobs because those people that do the smog review are going to get laid off. Electric vehicles don't emit smog, and they are exempt from the smog regulation. I had a hybrid that basically hardly ever used any gas because it got like 25 miles on the battery and you still had to do the smog check. It was the stupidest thing. So with this crypto regulation, there's only one outcome and that is 
Whatever they come up with is going to be damaging to anybody you can think of outside of possibly New York because they have their own and theirs are stupid. But I can only imagine California is going to do even worse from what I can tell anyway. If you're from the UK, United Kingdom, there has now been some questions about the Ethereum merge and did that change potentially tax status and tax taxation. You've heard me on a couple of occasions, especially if you're in the triad, I said that you there may be tax regulations that apply to you and you should do your own research about what those mean, especially because all of the governments, largely spearheaded by the United States, are looking to figure out how to collect more tax revenue from the crypto world because they saw all the money flowing through it in 2021. Well, the merge has now made it a little bit harder for investors and exchanges to really understand what's what's taxable, what's not taxable, how much is taxable, because you don't have a category. The way the tax structures generally are built is around a category, right? So capital gains, savings, these are categories of where wealth is. Cryptocurrency never really had a true category. You could argue Bitcoin and Ethereum are commodities. It's never been declared as such. We can just argue it based on the way they work and their trades. So now there's another look. They're trying to figure out what's exactly going on here. In the United Kingdom, it's a little bit different than it is in the United States because in the United Kingdom, certain people don't have to file, file yearly taxes. So now if you had tax and you knew you had tax burden and you knew you from crypto and you knew you needed to do a filing, if you're staking your cryptocurrency, but you want to pay your taxes annually, then how do the UK authorities figure out the crypto tax, but then other people are not paying crypto tax because they don't have to file. That's what's causing the, the turmoil. It's like, okay, you got people who are doing the right thing. They report their tax obligations from cryptocurrency like they're supposed to. And so the UK is like, oh, that's pretty cool. However, they realize there's a subset over here who are not required to do it. And because they're not required to do it, they don't see it. There's no visibility into it. They need to go after it. How do you change it? How do you change the policies? This is open questions right now, saying that probably something will change, possibly. Nobody knows, but it's something to keep an eye on. There's more and more staking of Ethereum because of proof of stake, obviously. And so now, vast majority of Ethereum is staked on exchanges. The regulators are looking at the exchanges, and that's probably where you're going to see a lot of the tax reporting coming from is from those exchanges, which is why I always say, don't leave your money sitting in an exchange. If you do that, you're just setting yourself up for a fall later at some point. It's up to you. Obviously, it's your money. I'm just saying, if you leave it in exchange, the exchange is happily going to give whatever documentation they feel like to those governments. NFTs. Anybody who's listened to me for a while has heard me trash NFTs. Vast majority, not all, but the vast majority is ultimately crap. And that's what I feel. I just feel like it's a waste of time. That's my opinion. Well, Facebook and Instascam have largely had a platform for trading NFTs. They have blocked the United States for the longest time. There's no real logic to this other than the fact that within the United States, obviously it's a more strict regulatory environment and many of the companies, they don't like to open up the doors for everybody else to get in on things if they believe that the government's going to come down on them. Well, they've opened this up and now they've said, NFTs are now going to be available to all users on Instagram and pretty much this is worldwide at this point. So this has been a slow roll. If you're interested in the NFT feature uh, and you're a member of Facebook, AKA Meta or Insta scam, you are free to go ahead and do that. Here's the thing. Facebook is starving for money. They're running out of money. The money's down. 
They're having a hard time. They were laying people off. So this is yet another of those gimmicks designed to entice more, more money because it's ad revenue and et cetera, right? So I see this as them trying to stay relevant in a world where they've lost relevance. They've lost relevance to TikTok. They've lost relevance to Twitter to some degree. They've lost relevance to uh, Snapchat, even though Snapchat is kind of in there. Like it's just the core of the Facebook. That's where all the ad stuff is. Like their login integrations there. That's where everything was centered. And so when they tried to go sprawl, all it did was gut their core. And so I think it pissed people off. And I also think that part of what's happening with this Facebook, at least not Insta scam, but Facebook, at least I think a lot of what's happening here is when people learned, which I don't know why it took so long. Well, when people learned that at the end of the day, your Facebook is nothing more than a cultivating ground for ads and, you know, personalized advertisements. I think that turned a lot of people off. I also think that, you know, you have some people like I have some childhood friends and they had a Facebook page at one point and they'll post like a picture, like my, one of them, he posted a picture of his daughter's graduation. I was depressed seeing that his beautiful daughter's daughter is like full grown age. And okay, that makes me feel old, that kind of stuff. People would use it like an online, you know, photo book, right? They don't really use it like that. Like the Facebook team might've thought they should because they use other tools for those things. Most people today don't even use social media that are of a certain age or greater. As I kept saying to some of these crypto projects, they don't use social media like that. Like people my age and older, they certainly don't live on social media. I certainly don't. And I know vast majority don't. And many of us prefer to talk on the phone if we need to talk to a friend or family member, or we'll do email and that's good enough, or we'll write a letter, frankly. We don't really do social media. So I think that's playing into it because the younger generation was brought largely into the TikToks of the world for the most part. And I think YouTube shorts and those types of videos that are just quick ADD type video consumption, I think got people's interest because largely society has stopped wanting to be engaged in something for the long term, with the exception of video games. And even with video games, they suck nowadays. So even that's not keeping people's attention. You have something like, let's say, the WWE Network. Well, they they basically turn their product into a commodity and it's garbage. And so nobody spends time on that. AEW, nobody spends time on that. Nobody spends time on things anymore. There, You don't have like the family forum things where everybody would gather around the TV tube and watch sitcoms. So that kind of, none of that exists anymore. So Facebook, I believe, was a holdover from the world where everybody wanted to congregate together and spend a lot of time together. And they just turned that into an online thing like GeoCities back in the 90s. I just think that, They've lost sight of what they are and who they are. I think that their actions during the President Trump's whole duration pretty much were turned people off. I think they'd made a lot of critical mistakes. And what they're trying to do now is use NFTs as a way to get some of those people back. Do I think it'll succeed? No, it's my opinion. So the CFTC, the Commodities Future Trading Commission, as you've heard me explain, if you listen to a past episode, I said that you got the SEC, Securities Exchange, and then the CFTC, which is Commodity Futures Trading. These commissions have been at odds in terms of what to classify cryptocurrency. And then, of course, you got SEC and the Gary Gensler idiot who just says, yep, all cryptocurrency security. Do, do, do. And then CFTC says, well, no, we should be the ones regulating some of these because we believe it fits in this category. And I said that pretty much Bitcoin and Ethereum to a lesser degree they can be classified as commodities, especially Bitcoin. Ethereum's kind of iffy now that it's proof of stake. So the open question has been, 
Do we classify it truly as a commodity? If so, the CFTC would have jurisdiction. If we classify it as a security, the SEC would have jurisdiction. Gensler came out and said that with Ethereum going to proof of stake, it means that you are doing an action, as in this other org, Ethereum, you're doing an action that you expect to get a return, a.k.a. the profits, right? You get the rewards for staking your currency. That makes it a security under the Howey test. However, the CFTC still believes that they are the ones who should ultimately regulate these two at least, and they haven't looked at the rest of them, but they do see that they want oversight over all cryptocurrency. In their mind, cryptocurrency are commodities largely. There are some iffy ones, right, like AMP. So this is a battle that's going to be happening in the near future. I think you should be smiling, in my opinion, at the fact that the CFTC is trying to get away from the SEC, trying to lock everything down and turn everything into a security because they don't believe that they're securities. That's the whole problem with the Howey test. It was never modernized for a cryptocurrency world. So long-term, we have to see where this goes. In my opinion, I said it. It's going to depend on whether we get the blowout in November and people who are greedy like you, and then we'll finally get an answer. Polygonmatic, largely, and I say largely because there's no specifics on individuals, but largely, people are bullish about Polygonmatic. I have been passively bullish about Polygonmatic. At times, it seems to have done great and then seems to have done crap. We had, I believe it was Matic that had that garbage game that brought the thing to its knees. So there are fundamental issues with the blockchain of it. However, the token itself, there's a bullish sentiment. I do believe that them expanding in terms of the number of tokens that are on the chain, like we actually had ID Finance and others that got onto Polygon to extend their cross-chain. So I think there's been a greater adoption of Polygon as well. However, the price itself of the token today has not been very impressive. It's been kind of middling, has not gone on the kind of runs that you saw Solana go on. So I don't think it's at the point of bullish to the point where you would be made a millionaire or any of this. I say that there's optimism in the general consensus that Polygon should be a thing. And hopefully by October, we'll start to see the initial stages of this. Hopefully. <laughs> there's no guarantees of this, but we'll have to see. But for right now, let's see what it's, what it's doing here. Wells Fargo, if you didn't know, Wells Fargo actually owns stock of Coinbase at one point. They're actually dumping that stock, which of course caused Coinbase's own cryptocurrency coin to crap. And it lost quite a bit of money when it crapped. The interesting story isn't necessarily that it crapped because I think it was a bad idea. It's rather that Wells Fargo actually owns stock in Coinbase. But you got to think about something here. Some of these big players, that's the way they do it to control spaces. They'll get ownership stakes in some of these different companies or they'll just whale in so like in this case they didn't whale into the token they whaled into the stock <laughs> and so by whaling into the stock and then they dump the stock it dumps to crypto because as i've told many people crypto has become lockstep with the stock market which is dangerous but that's what we've done to cryptocurrency so when companies like this the big players want to influence the business they'll just dump their stock and then it kills everything else this is why you shouldn't want that, but that's the world that we live in. And I thought it bring it to attention because if you decided to invest in the Coinbase stock or the Coinbase coin, then you were impacted by this action and there's nothing you can really do about it, but it's something to be aware of at least. USDC, the circle is the org that runs that. The stable coin is going to be adding some adding to other blockchains to expand its reach today. If you want to have cross-chain 
flexibility. You're really going to USDT at this point. We do have like portal and wormhole flexibility, but this is the first time that we started to see more stable coins get across more blockchains. So today, Circle is on Ethereum, of course, that's the main one. Solana, Avalanche, Tron, Algorand, Hedera, Flow, and Stellar XLM. USDC has the advantage, of course, being perfectly pegged to the United States dollar backed by cash. So it's redeemable for a dollar at all points. And it's largely believed to be the most confident of all stable coins. We have not seen the same confidence in Binance USD or USDT. So we started to see many of these exchanges with the crap out of Celsius. We started to see many exchanges increase the pairs, trading pairs against USDC as opposed to USDT. What does this mean long-term? I can't tell you other than it's always good to have multiple choices. Now, the downside of USDC, of course, is that the United States government has largely had its eye on it because of the peg one to one to U.S. dollars. And with inflation, there's a concern that, okay, we need to make sure this stays pegged and who's managing this. And if it's not the Federal Reserve or the, the bank, then how do you make sure that this stays intact and what happens in circle? These are unanswered questions as of today. The last update I'll give. Binance, as in Binance.com, they started up a pool, mining pool, for Ethereum. And you're like, huh? well, <laughs> understand that the Ethereum that I'm referring to is the Ethereum proof of work, which is the ETHW token. I covered this before. I said that I don't think it's going to last very long. With Binance putting their backing behind it, I want to call something out, and it's fine if you want to call me tinfoil. It's fine if you want to call me a hater. It's all good. I said something on, on social media and people disagree with me. Certain tokens seem to get favor, favorable treatment, right? When we needed to get Luna Classic to get a burn on all transactions, Binance drugged their feet. They still haven't done it. They only did it on certain things, not on everything. They drugged their feet on this. Yet garbage like eight coins shows up on all the top exchanges nearly instantly. Garbage like Doge Chain shows up on all exchanges nearly instantly. Yet we can't get Luna Classic from Do Rugpull, aka Do Quan to get this burn that would help its price movement, Binance drags a fiend on it. But now we see this ETH POW, which had terrible launch. It had all sorts of fundamental issues in its contract. Everything went to crap and they ran into attacks almost fresh out of the gate. Gets listed on top exchanges, fresh out of the gate. There's a pattern. It's like some of these exchanges, even the top ones that, again, I said they're not your friends, but even these so-called tier ones, they will just show favoritism to certain tokens over others. And that frankly pisses me off because I said, I don't think POW, ETH POW is going to sustain because they had all these issues, all these attacks that had hit it right off the jump, which meant that they rushed it out and people's money was at risk. But yet seeing Binance jump on here and creating a mining pool for this garbage and go all in on it, I'm sorely disappointed in seeing it. And they showed up on KuCoin, they showed up on all this other stuff. It's like, why are you supporting something that was this much garbage? Why does this make any sense? Why is this acceptable? Nobody really has an answer. This is, this is the world that we live in. I'm not suggesting that people should not make profit. If you believe that it's a great opportunity for profit, it might be. But there's also that inherent risk of losing money too. And as long as you're okay with that, great. I'm saying that I'm disappointed with these exchanges showing favoritism to these tokens Truly, because I see it as a pattern over and over again. Time will tell what happens with that one. I'm still not confident that they're safe. I'm not confident they're going to be around for the long term. Time will tell. Maybe I get it wrong. Who knows? That'll do it 
for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is that Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.